I, I don't know what your point is of your question. Is there some point that you want to make with that? Well, I, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think it's all right for uh, a speaker uh, to accept uh, a very preferential and favorable uh, stock deal? Well, we didn't. And a, you participated in the IPO. Well, I have many And at the time, you were Speaker of the House. You don't that. think it was a conflict of interest or had the appearance no, of a conflict not, of interest? No, it only has appearance if you decide that you're going to have a, a, a elaborate on a false premise. But it, it, it's not true, and that's that. I don't understand what part's yeah. not true. Yes, sir. Um, that I, that I would act upon an investment. We're better than you, and we know it. Role as a GameStop uh, stock manipulation issue that's going on Wall Street right now. Well, I understand. Interesting, isn't it? Um, I understand that the administration is taking a look. The SEC is taking a look at what that is. Um, but uh, we'll all be reviewing it. But but interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. A completely different. You had two questions. I worry, Rod. I w sorry, Friar Cook. I worry deeply. I, it keeps me awake at night. The stress—I don't know if I can take the stress of this anymore. Worrying about our elected officials and how much, how how uh, how much stress and pressure must be upon them to buy stocks. <laughs> and make millions upon millions of dollars without looking like they're cheating the system. I, I just, it's keeping me up at night. I, I don't know what the solution is. I don't, I don't know how to, uh, if only there were a law that gave them some guidance. Only, but you know, I, I don't know that there are men and women of character that would pass such a law. Hmm. Or a president of character who would sign it. True. Or... A Congress that wouldn't repeal it if they did. Or modify it, amend it, so that it benefits a year, them. A year later. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to What the Frock, people. So Welcome, welcome. Nancy Pelosi's in a bit of a hot water, although I do note this. And I, I, I think this is instructive. I, I know... I try to keep necessarily a good deal of partisan politics out of this show, but... I already know. I can hear the emails coming already. <laughs> but if we were talking about, let's say, John Boner or Newt Gingrich or Donald Trump, yeah, the headlines would not read, Nancy Pelosi's purchase of stock creates ethical conundrum for Congress. It would read, John Boner, Newt Gingrich, Donald Trump violated the Stock Act. Yes. They committed a crime. Conflict of interest. Right. That's what the headlines would read. But, but because it's Nancy Pelosi, it, it very gently says, well, it creates an ethical conundrum, which is... <laughs> I love ethical conundrums. I really do. Ethical conundrum. What do they Great call name that? for a band. Yeah. What do they call that? Situational ethics? Yeah. Um, you know... <laughs> I know most of the time this would be wrong, but in this particular case, I've decided that it's okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do it because it benefits me, and, you know, really, yeah. who cares? Seems to be the approach. For those of you not keeping up, our esteemed president announced last week that how did he put that all government cars are going to be electric. 
Yeah, something like that. Which is, again, this probably isn't the place to debate that, but be that as it may, it turned out that one Nancy Pelosi or her husband Paul, we're not clear on who did this, but one of them did, bought a whole bunch of Tesla stock literally before the announcement. Before the announcement, right. Yeah. Now, that may seem odd to you, but that's only because you don't understand how hard these people work for you. And it's important that they make millions of dollars. And and how little their real salary actually is and covers their expenses. Right. So I, I was reading this morning, and because of some of the things we're going to talk about, it's unclear at this point. They, they bought the stock, these are called push options, at $500 an option. They bought 5,000 of them. You do the math. And as of this morning, or actually technically close of business Friday, it was worth somewhere between 1.2 and 1.5 million dollars. Must be nice. Like that. Yeah, well, you know, again, but it creates this ethical conundrum because now there are questions. Because you see, back in 2008, a weird thing happened. Do you remember this? I was on the air. This is this was literally my baptism in in the talk radio. I started full-time in September of 2007. And in the run-up to the 2008 election, mm-hmm. we, had the, we had the California primary, and then everything went to hell in a handbasket, and John McCain was calling for a suspension of the campaign, and let's work on all this, and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Because the economy melted down. <laughs> and at the time, there was a lot of controversy because apparently, as we now know, Congress knew this was coming. They kept telling yeah. you and me, us, the little people, that everything's fine, everything's cool, <laughs> keep shopping. But they knew it was coming because they were getting confidential briefings at which their cell phones and tablets, or back then I guess they were Palm Pilots, were, uh, were being... Yeah, probably. Were being... Blackberries. They couldn't take them in with them. They had to leave them outside. Yeah. So they went to these confidential briefings where... The where Paulson and these other people were telling him, dude, it's about to blow up and it's going to blow up within 48 hours. But then they come out and tell us that everything was great. Everything's fine. Everything's cool. You know, keep keep shopping. And then they would run to their stockbrokers and sell everything. So you could make a reasonable argument that Congress people dumping stocks before everything hit the fan probably helped Sounds- contributed contribute yeah. to the to sounds the, like insider trading it was insider trading they were trading on congressional knowledge right and yeah. after everything happened in 2008 which let's face it you know in, in the rearview mirror was it really that big of a deal yeah in the rearview mirror i don't know but after all that happened, everybody found out what Congress had done. And there was great outrage. Do you remember? Do you, surely you remember all the outrage and the people marching in the streets and throwing Molotov cocktails at the White House, and or not the White House, the Capitol. Surely you remember all that. No, no. I, I don't remember a look of that. Do you remember everybody standing outside chanting, hell no, you won't go. <laughs> Anybody remember any of these protests that went on about Congress insider trading and basically wrecking your economy and making millions while you 
lost your job and your savings and your house and retirement, man, retirement. retirement. I know a lot of people that were hurt by that. Yeah. You don't remember all that, huh? You don't remember no. Congress? You don't remember all the protests? No. Huh. That's weird. <laughs> so long around 2011, a guy by the name of Peter Schweitzer started writing a book. It's a wonderful book. Um, I remember talking to him. I, we had him on the show talking about that book back then. And 60 Minutes picked up the story of his book. And they did a 15-minute segment on it. I think it was in February of 2011. So basically, yeah. three years after the event, they did a uh, they did a story on his his book. Now, again, Schweitzer is a conservative libertarian, which I realize to, in today's language makes him a what uh, a terrorist, domestic terrorist, yeah, deserving, probably, yeah. deserving of death, anarchist via yeah. drone. They're going to drone him to death now. Yeah. Um, but in those days, it didn't mean that. So 60 Minutes looked it in. They confirmed, they, they make a comment in their story that they confirmed what he had found to be true. And what he had found to be true is that Congress had basically done, um, what's the what's the technical term for it? Shit for... ton? Shit ton of insider training? Yeah, that, I mean, that, 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 that applies, yeah. So they had made literally millions upon millions while while Americans went in the tank, right? Yeah. And all the while telling us, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be fine. You'll be cool. Don't worry about it. We're doing everything we can to help the American people because that's what matters to us. As they so. propose to bail out all of the big right. corporations. Too big to fail. Yep, too big to fail. Right. And they did that, TARP and all that, and Neil Kashkari and blah, blah, blah. It's a long story, folks. But after this 60 Minutes piece, during which Nancy Pelosi, who had made mm, a good deal of money trading stocks during the, the economic meltdown, um, in fact, what she had done, or her husband, we're not clear. Who did it? We don't know. Yeah. And, and apparently they don't talk to each other, so <laughs> who knows? Uh, I thought you did that. No, I thought you did that. Uh, maybe it was our <laughs> stockbroker, and he just did it without <laughs> us knowing. So there was, some, uh, there was some blowback at the credit card companies, and there was some anti-credit card legislation that was making its way through the House at that time yes. and threatening to be very damaging to the credit card industry, which translates as, that's how they say it, damaging to the credit card industry, which means good for you and me. Yes. Can't have that, right? That would be... Anyway, Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House at the time, or or the leader, I don't remember. No, she was the Speaker. No, at that time, she had lost the Speakership because they changed Minority. Her. Right, so she was a minority leader. Um, and she had bought 5,000 shares... It's a weird number of uh, of a visa stock right before this bill mysteriously died in the House of Representatives. Yeah. And 60 Minutes wanted to ask her about that. Dang. And, and it's a simple question. Don't you think this is a conflict of interest? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, there is no on the surface here. It is it's directly a conflict of interest. Anyway. 
Nancy Pelosi's office surprisingly chose not to answer the question. However, they told 60 Minutes producers that if the 60 Minutes crew came to her next press conference, they would call on them to ask a question. Which seems like a mistake, in my opinion. Does it? Does it seem yeah. like a mistake? Because that was my first thing. Well, that was stupid because, you know, everybody knows when 60 Minutes shows up with cameras and microphones, the best thing you can do is, is run away, right? Maybe, but now, yeah. not only are they saying to 60 Minutes, yeah, we'll answer your question at the press conference. But keep in mind, it's a press conference that they control. Yeah. So she calls upon them. He asks the question. And the question is, don't you think... Don't you think? And she goes on the attack. Yeah, that was that was she, telling in and of itself. It was. And she makes it seem like you people are accusing me of a crime, which isn't a crime. And in fact, they keep saying we're not asking you. We're not saying you did anything illegal. What we're saying is, don't you think it's an ethical conflict yeah. of interest? And she just lamb blasts them and then blows off their question and never really answers it at all. No. Which tells me that this whole thing was stage produced. I mean, the the whole the whole scene at the press conference was was nonsensical. But that sixty minutes piece, Rod. Well, it inspired the goalyards of the day, and people began to go, "Hey, wait a minute! There's an election next year, 2012, and maybe, <laughs> maybe we need to get rid of some of these people who are enriching themselves." at the cost of the American people. And so three senators introduced something called the Stock Act. Stop trading on knowledge insider. Stop trading on congressional knowledge. Okay. Because, you know, you can't just have an acronym. You can't just stop. It's got to be clever. You can't just make a law that says no insider trading because that law has already been passed and specifically exempts Congress and and government officials because, well, I don't really know why, but that's that's true. You cannot inside trade, Ron. I cannot inside trade. But were I elected to Congress, I could because the law doesn't apply to me. We're in the wrong business. That's for damn sure. <laughs> for a guy like me who just wants to be rich and famous, I'm really in the wrong line of work. I mean, <laughs> Congress is the place to go, right? Yeah. Anyway. Hey, if a bartender can do it, Dave. <laughs> I, I really think the only reason I don't is because I actually have a soul. That and I haven't be. figured out how to get rid of it yet. I've tried. I, I you know, I've tried. <laughs> tried. I've made those calls and said, hey, we'll, we'll, but no, no response so far. Anyway, <laughs> point being that Congress is specifically exempted from insider trading laws. So they came up with this idea called the Stock Act, Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge, which was supposed to stop Congress people from trading, insider trading on what they knew from these briefings like they got in 2008, telling them the entire world was going to collapse. Sell now before you lose everything. And oh, by the way, go out front and tell everybody else that it's going great. Don't worry about it because you need some suckers to buy what you're selling, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you because if there, everyone's selling at the same time, right, then yeah, then you're going to lose your shirts. And anyway, so oddly enough, this bill, the Stock Act, passed overwhelmingly. I think I think between the two houses, I think there were five votes against it total, three in the Senate, one in the House, if I remember right. 
might be more than that, but it was it was not uh, it was not you know there was not a lot of dis- a dissent in this bill, and it was heavily supported by quote at risk Congress members who were in danger of losing their seats. Okay, because they'd made a lot of money, and people were pissed off. I'm curious how uh, how Joe Biden voted on that one. Mm, I don't know. Well, he would have been the vice president, so yeah, he probably didn't because it wasn't even close to a tie. So yeah, <laughs> you know. At any rate, bill passes, and it's signed into law by President Obama in 2012. Huzzah! Yay! All the Congress people won their reelections because now they supported this, and they they can't. They're outraged that the American people were made to suffer while Congress people benefited benefited for themselves. How outrageous this was! It wasn't me, of course, but, but you know, other sure. people did it. I didn't. But amongst the provisions of this new law was mm, an openness of record keeping. I mean, how else would we know if the Congress people were trading on their congressional sure. knowledge if they didn't write it down for us? Transparent government? Hey. And the law required that these reports that they were now required to make be put online so that everybody, the American public, could just go online, see what your congressman or, because at the time it applied to government officials, uh, make, you know, let's see what they're doing trading-wise. And, and how they're, you know, what are they doing that, that we need to know about, right? Yeah. What a great idea. For about a year. <laughs> After the election, people started complaining. Well, these reports are online, which means that anybody has access to them, which means nefarious people can see what I am doing. And I, I don't want my financial information out there. I mean, they might decide that I'm worthwhile of kidnapping. Said some, said some government officials on their, you know, $60,000 salaries with their million-dollar portfolios. That's well, so ridiculous. So Congress got together a year, a year later and said, you know what? We don't like this record-keeping provision of this. And we're going we're gonna to repeal that. We're going to propose an amendment to the Stock Act so that we don't have to actually report. Now, we still do. We still have to file the reports, but now the reports are on paper and they go to some, well, they go to the same warehouse the Ark of the Covenant's in. Yeah. And you'll need a Freedom of Information Act approved by Congress, of course, or whoever, to uh, to actually see these reports. Yeah. Which means, just so you're keeping up here, Insider trading, illegal for you and me, not for Congress. Report required by the Stock Act, which is supposed to prevent what happened in 2008-2009 from happening again by making what they're doing openly viewable to everyone, now is, well, not openly viewable to everyone. Meaning that you literally have almost no way whatsoever without significant resources of time and money Mm -hmm to see what they're actually doing, even though technically they can't do it. But really, it's not illegal, Rod. It's just an ethical conundrum. It's just an (laughs) ethical issue. And that's what the frickin' headline from Yahoo News says, right? 
ethical conundrum. <sighs> well, it doesn't say that. It says, Nancy Pelosi's recent stock purchase raises important ethics issues for all of Congress. Important ethical issues. She purchased 25 call options of Tesla, along with a few other stocks. Why does it matter? Because, of course, under the Biden administration's new agenda, with its focus on environmental protections, Pelosi could benefit financially from those political plans. Oh, yeah. So, here we are once again, right back where we were in 2008. And what do you think her response will be when she is finally asked this question of, you bought a whole bunch of Tesla right before the president announced this. Do you think that's an ethical issue? Do you think that's, uh, I mean, you didn't tell the American public you were going to do this. Doesn't that yeah. fall under the constraints of stop trading on congressional knowledge? It would seem that way. I mean, I, I think she'll probably do the same thing. Some same MO for having a press conference and having one person ask the question. Right. And then deny but, it. But if this had been President Trump that did this. Oh, my gosh. Or Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or the institutional media. Marjorie would be all over Taylor Green. Right. But, but would they be saying it's an ethical issue or would they be saying it's a violation of the Stock Act? Uh, they'd probably do both. They'd throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. See what sticks. But instead, the good news is Nancy Pelosi's got is going to get richer because because of this policy of the president. Nancy, I mean, you know, good lord, Brad. I mean, did you see her freezer when she was eating her ice cream? It wasn't full. I mean, she needs to have enough money to fill that ice cream fill that ice cream freezer with that ice cream. Otherwise, yeah, her life just isn't full and complete. <sighs> and you know, San Francisco property taxes are pretty expensive, so sure. You know, you gotta have, you gotta have some way of making that money well, and, to pay. And those. She's got to clean all that graffiti off too from people protesting outside of her home over the last year. I don't know, man. There are days when I, I, I I've, I've talked a little bit about this of late. I, I am firmly convinced that. Our congressional system is is utterly broken. Yes, the very fact that they, the very fact that we have this huge executive because Congress doesn't want to do its job con constitutionally. Everybody keeps to whining about the Constitution. I don't know why you're whining about changing the Constitution. We're not following it anyway. But if we were, we'd still have the same problem that we have, which is that these people are scum. These people, the people we are sending to Washington, are the worst possible people we could be spend sending there, and yet. We're trapped in this position of, well, these campaigns are such sphincter exams as somebody. Yeah. Donald Trump is a great example of this thing. Okay, terrible politician, but how is he as a chief executive officer? Yeah. I literally spent 20 minutes arguing with a guy the other day whose entire argument for why he did not want Trump as president was he did not like his demeanor. Yeah. Well, what about his policies? He's a mean guy. He's mean. He's rude. <laughs> He's inappropriate. Well, Barack Obama used to show up late to everything and not wear ties. I didn't yeah. like that. Are we are we really are we really reducing our political discussions to that? And believe me, this is what the politicians want because if we argue substantive issues, <laughs> they have to work. Well, not only would they have to work, Rod, but they'd start losing money. Yeah. Schweitzer talks about the fact that literally the fastest way to become a millionaire in this country on $175,000 a year salary 
is to get elected to Congress <laughs> because it's so corrupt. It's so bad that yeah. it makes the Roman Senate look like pikers. I mean, it really does. And here's the problem with this whole thing, right? It would be one thing if these people actually had any responsibility, any actual impact in anything. Yeah. But every time there's actually a decision to be made, the president makes it and they either whine about it or go or ultimately go along with it. Who declares war in this country? Well, it's supposed to be Congress. It's supposed to be Congress, but who actually does it? It's been the president for a long time. It's been the president since 1973. Why? Because of the War Powers Act, in which Congress said, oh, we don't want to do this. You you do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we got this war that's been going on for 20 freaking years now. I get in trouble all the time. I probably shouldn't say this because I used to say it all the time and people would, I can't believe they gave me that. I would have ended that war in, 20, in 36 minutes. That oh, yeah. war would have been over. But, but then it would have been cheaper, less people would have died, and we would have come out of it. People would have been respectful of our position <laughs> after that point. They would have said, yeah, I don't want to mess with those guys anymore. That's uh, that's a problem. Yeah. But no, instead, we've dragged this thing on because Congress won't do its job. But, oh, it's only going to get worse under the new president. Well, I bet they get richer, though. I bet they continue oh, yeah. to get richer. I bet they continue to get more and more wealthy because, good Lord, it's not illegal for them to inside trade. It's not illegal <laughs> for them to do this. They just have to write it down, which, of course, you can't see. You and I can't look at. And ultimately, it's none of our business anyway. That's what she'll tell us. I can't believe you're accusing me of this because, because it's not an ethical violation. I'm supporting American businesses. Yeah. Speaking and release of which, your records. Speaking of which, how's your uh, how's your GameStop doing there? Oh yeah. Well, I did invest in GameStop, and uh, the first day I was up a little bit, and the second day I lost forty percent of the value, and then it went back up a little bit. So it's interesting. It's I, I did it so that I can learn. It's a learning experience. And what have you learned? I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even my money, Rod. And you know what I've learned? You ain't going to make nothing. Oh, no, no. I didn't think I was going to make money. I, I didn't invest into it just to make, you know, to, to make money. It was it was a very small investment in there. So but it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. And, you know, paying attention to the to the Wall Street bets Reddit board. And I guess they had some type of a coup of moderators over this last weekend. Oh, no. Yeah. Apparently there's someone came out that they're trying they're, they're talking about making a movie about the Wall Street bets Reddit guys. So an old mo old moderators came back and kicked all the new moderators out. So I don't know. It's just it's like a drama. Wow. Wouldn't surprise me, though. It wouldn't surprise me. Who'd you get to star in that? I have no idea. Oh, You got to have McConaughey, right? Yeah. All right, cool. all right. All right. Yeah. Because otherwise. Well, I'm not going to see it anyway because, you know, no. it's, the Congress won't approve of it because it make them look bad. Yes, because because they'd have to get into who the hedge get the, fund who stuff. They get, yeah, who are they going to get to finance it? Because these these money people they're not going to want to fund a movie like that. I have no idea. What makes <laughs> us not look get bad? Hollywood, but it might make millions of dollars. Hmm. But then the flip side of that is might piss people off. And they'll want legislation and then we'll have to pass another law that we can amend because 
In the meantime, yeah, you know what? It, it'll end up on the Hallmark Channel. That's <laughs> a love story. And time to get together and to have a pull up a drink of your favorite beverage, beer, coffee, and uh, we get together and talk a little bit about uh, what the friar wants to talk about. And today we're going to talk about one of the friar's favorite movies, The Princess Bride. You may have heard of it. You may have seen it. It might be your favorite. It's it's one of those where you've got the grandpa and the grandson telling a story. You've got the the dashing young farmhand Wesley and his and his love interest Buttercup. You've got a prince, Humperdinck, and Count Rugen, the six-fingered man who are the, the villains. Then there's the three stooges, or Vincini, Vezic, and Indigo that uh, show up. It's a great movie. It's, it's a, f- a fun movie, appropriate for all ages. But one of the things that happened this week that... I, I blame Twitter in many ways that Twitter has actually ruined everything, in my opinion. There was a tweet that went out from Carrie Elways, the star of uh, he played Wesley and he played the Dread Pirate Roberts. Applying to Ted Cruz, basically telling him, you know, how does it feel to know that not only the entire cast and crew of your favorite movie, The Princess Bride, but almost the entire entertainment industry have nothing but rabid contempt for you? Inconceivable, hashtag. I think, it, I think not, you miserable R-O-U-S. And for those of you that have not seen it, the R-O-U-S are rodents of unusual size. I don't think they exist. I, I, I don't think so either. Uh, only in the fire swamp, maybe. But uh, it's, it's kind of like this whole pulling in politics into everything. And it's Twitter's lifted the hood off of, you know, those that are there to entertain us. Actors are people really good at pretending to be someone else. And, and they create these, the Hollywood industry has created these great movies, classic movies that are really enjoyable. Then when we start to see the underneath side, and and I'm not saying this to vouch for Ted Cruz, he's got his own issues, but it's that Hollywood, this Twitter mechanism is, is kind of exposing all of this yuck underneath everything. And so now you're faced with this conundrum with, I still love the movie, but I question, I don't want to know the politics of these people. So what do I do? What do you do? It, it's, it's very frustrating. And, and so I, I'm at a loss and, and I'll, I'll leave it out there for people that are listening. If you want to, if you have ideas of how to fix this, other than turning Twitter off, um, it's just, it, it's one of the frustrations and, and being an actor myself, um, not professionally, but uh, it's it's frustrating to me because I don't want to know your politics. You're there you're there to entertain us, and so that we can have this suspension of reality to to play along with the stories that you're telling. And it's getting harder and harder to do that. Hmm. 
So I have the same. I, I have much the same problem. I have I have actors that I man crush on. I guess is that the right word? Yeah, man crush. George Clooney is a good example. I love George yeah. Clooney. I, I did He's a not, good looking guy. I did not like the TV show he was on. What was that? ER. I never watched yeah. that. I, I think I watched one episode of that. My 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 first ex wife made me watch an episode of that. I didn't care for it, but but I love most of his movies. I love yeah. the Ocean's Eleven series. Um, he was in a movie that I just Leatherheads didn't do well, but man, I love that movie. But he does a good, he does a really good job. But he needs to. <laughs> I just don't like his politics. I, I just, yeah. but but that doesn't take away from his acting. Was it Dixie Chicks a few years ago? Shut up and shut up and sing. Yeah, you know, Garth Brooks is in hot water with conservatives because he sang at Biden's inauguration. Yeah, does that mean that because he sang at the inauguration, I'm supposed to go smash all of my my Garth Brooks? Well, I don't have any albums anymore because everything's online. Um, Am I supposed to not listen to any of those songs anymore? It's a hard spot because it's in some ways it's it's frustrating. It takes the I don't know. It, it kind of in my mind it devalues things of the past. So like I love the Princess Bride, but when I watch the Princess Bride again, what am I and I see Carrie always? Is that going to be in the back of my mind? It's going to diminish my experience. I how, think. Do you, how do you turn that off? I guess is what you're asking. How do you yeah? How do you separate the two? And it. It happens in sports. I mean, yeah, you know, it wasn't that long. It's going through my uh, my on this day Facebook memories or whatever it was, and I yeah. guess a couple of days ago was the Super Bowl from 2012. And oddly enough, Rod, I find myself believing from what I was tagging, from what I was posting that I was a bit of a Kaepernick fan back then. <laughs> so. I'm gonna have to see that. Post. Yeah, I, it was a little, uh, it was a little disconcerting for me because now I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't give Colin Kaepernick the time of day. Yeah, if I had it, I wouldn't give it to him. But, um, but apparently back then I was, I was all about Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, the San Francisco 49ers beating the Baltimore Ravens, mostly because I hate the Ravens. Um, <laughs> and no, I really do. Yeah. To, to me, they are the illegitimate child of the of the of the NFL. <laughs> Are. And I've I've never liked them, um, but you know. Anyway, point is that uh, things change, I guess. And how do you separate that out? How do you look at something and go, well, no politics? And I'll tell you what I've done for for myself. Twitter for me has become well. When I discovered that I could do lists on Twitter, okay. So instead of reading my entire Twitter feed. I, I separate stuff out into lists. And so, so some of my lists are just humor. Click on that, and that's all I read. Some of them yeah. are family, and that's what I read. Um, I'm following a lot less people. I'm unfollowing a lot of people. I, I've been cleaning up a lot of stuff lately, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. And it's like, who the hell is this person? What? Especially on Twitter. I got no idea who these people are. And if anybody retweets yeah. somebody that I have no idea who they are and it's something I don't like, I just unfollow them. I don't, I don't care. And as far as sports on TV goes, I mean, I discovered this amazing thing. I'll show you because you see that right there. Oh, yeah. You know what happens when you turn that to zero? You don't hear anything. You don't hear anything. I can see everything. I can, and I'm smart enough yeah. at football and hockey and baseball to know what's going on. I don't need them. I do like Tony Romo, but 
I do like Tony Romo, but the yeah. rest of them, I'm just kind of like, mm, who cares? I mean, really, it, having to listen yeah. to the funniest one to me was the uh, the Kansas City playing playing the home playoff game, and the 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 announcer Jim Nance is reading the the, the NFL's mandated voiceover, you know, the the liner about how the NFL has gone to great lengths this year to improve racial, you know, diversity and inclusion and get rid of racism and, and all of this stuff, right? They made the Wolfskins yeah. change their name from Redskins to Wolfskins. Uh, <laughs> he's reading this in Kansas City where you can hear the crowd in the background going, oh, <laughs> it's like, hmm, somebody didn't get a memo, right? No, that's hilarious. <laughs> but that's the gallard in us, right? right? I mean, that's that. That's and, and those people on on Twitter. I'm following more and more people that are you know, sarcastic, and right. Babylon B is like a, the king among them uh, on there. Yes, they're, but they're now just, we're being declared terrorists. Yeah, I, yeah, we are. We are. It'll be interesting uh, to see what happens. So, did you see that that Elon Musk was trolling the onions? Yes. Yeah, by saying, "Hey, have you seen the the, the Babylon Bee? It's really good. It's so fun." The Onion used to be great. My favorite is the Duffel Blog, but I haven't seen yeah. anything from the Duffel Blog in ages. The Duffel yeah. Blog is the military version of the Onion or the Babylon Bee. Um, and and what I love about the Duffel Bag because I belong to a lot of veterans boards. Yeah. St- what I love is when somebody will post something from the Duffel Blog. And and they've bought into it hook, line, and sinker. That's the funniest thing when things like that happen. This is so outrageous. This is so crazy. This is this is this is that Obama guy doing it. And it's like bah, 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 bah. Then, well, it's like when the B gets fact checked, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really enjoy that stuff when people post that. And look, when people post that stuff, and it's like they're just so. They're just so into it. They're like a congressperson who actually believes the Stock Act applies to them. I mean, <laughs> they just get passionate about it, you know? And it's like, do. dude, calm down, relax. Did you know that aliens are are taking over the government? There's a there's a there is a specific website that I follow, not because not because I'm a QAnon guy, not because I like Mike Lindell, not because of any, you know, none of that. It's just so entertaining. I mean, it really is. It's, and, and, and what makes it entertaining is the fact that either A, they really believe it, or B, yeah. they're just really good actors. It's kind of like listening to Art Bell. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, those were the days, weren't they? They were. I, I would listen to that stuff and I would just, I, who could possibly really believe this? And then I realized that they're the same people because there's still another show out there now called, I don't know if I want to tell you this. Uh-oh. It's called. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. get. I that. know you didn't because I said it with my microphone turned off. So yeah. you'll have to read my lips if you can watch the video. But anyway, <laughs> this guy has a store where he sells. You know, we've talked about this where he sells the pennants that that yeah. the, they're electrostatic or something charged. And they, they plug it. You can plug them in to your USB charger and they repel the coronavirus. 
Yeah, well, that's right. And for th- you know, Invisible Shield, I think is what it's called. And, you know, for forty nine ninety nine, you can order this thing. And I realize that the people that are li- believing this are the people that are sending these people money. And it's just like spam on the Internet, folks. It's it, you know, you send out a million emails, scam emails. You get one guy to send you six hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. Yeah. You're five hundred up. I mean, yeah, because it didn't cost you that much to send out those no. messages. So no. And and here's the same thing. And and you know, these guys are. Uh, it, it's funny to me because this guy, this particular guy, is having problems with Visa and Mastercard and even <laughs> PayPal. They're basically telling him we're not going to process because you're you're a scam. Yeah. Right. We have to protect our customers because otherwise our customers are going to call us and go, we want our money back. And we know we're not going to get our money back from you. So anyway, so, so he's like now he's pitching about, you know, send me money directly via Venmo or something. And Bitcoin, like, Bitcoin. I mean, yeah, he takes Bitcoin. And I'm like, well, that just, uh, you know, people believe this crap. And I don't know why. I don't know why you believe this crap. I really don't. I don't know why people believe QAnon. Can you give me one example, just one example of anything QAnon said was going to happen that actually happened? I have no clue. And that's the same website that I follow. It's called the DC Clothesline. Is is the same thing. I mean, these are the people that were predicting uh, FEMA camps and Jade Helm and, you know, they're all over the coronavirus vaccine and everything else. But None of it ever comes to pass. But do you ever see them say, well, we got that one wrong. Sorry. <laughs> no, the answer is always it's because we revealed this that it didn't happen because they, they didn't sure. feel confident in being able to go forward with their plans because they knew we were watching. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. It's like the Kansas City Chiefs will not feel confident going with forward with their plan because they knew we'll all be watching. <laughs> You watching the game today, the Superb Owl? I am going to, yes. I'll have it on in the background. I'll be playing video games otherwise. By, by the time anybody actually hears this, the game will actually be over. Yeah. So what's your prediction? I'm hoping Brady wins. Okay. Which is, like I said, I think last week I we, we talked about it a little right, bit, which right. is unusual for me, but I'm okay. Hmm. I, I'm, I, I don't like Kansas City. I'm bemused by all the prop bets. What color? What color will the Gatorade that gets dumped on the winning coach be? <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's like it's like orange is six to one, purple is nine to one, blue is eight to one, or something. I mean, it's, it's well, insane. Couldn't any, couldn't any player that's over on the sideline exactly be, be monitoring my point? That bet exactly then, my oh, point. Let's color it. Insider trading, dude. Insider betting. Hmm. So, well, of course, then you got to go out and win the game to make sure you get that done. But, you know, they got friends on the other side, so they could say to each other, you know what, look, let's push these odds. Let's push these odds on orange, you know, and get orange really, really popular, three to two, one to one, whatever, 1.5 to one. And then we'll make sure it's purple and we'll bet purple. Yeah. We'll we'll just do pocket change like a million or something. Yeah. (laughs) But, boy, we're all worried about Nancy Pelosi and her... Her Tesla buy because you know that's not going to hurt nothing. Oh my god! That's what we need. We need a congressional Super Bowl where they all play tackle football. I'd love. I'd pay money to see that. I'm at the point right now where I don't. I. It's hard for me, Rod, because you were talking about it's hard, you know, to know what to do about this other stuff. I don't know what I'm supposed to. I don't know how we solve this. I really don't. No, because the people that we're going to send to Congress, regardless, and I've I've said this for years, and I, I used to get. 
hot water for this because um, it doesn't matter who you send to Congress. It really doesn't. Whoever no. you send to Congress, number one, they're ineffective. They have to be there for at least four to six terms before they're ever given anything remotely approaching any actual responsibility. So Yeah, they get the junior committees. My congressman here is in his second, maybe third term, and he's in charge of the bipartisan breakfast committee. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I mean, yeah. he, he, he's pretty well, proud ours, of that. Ours is in his second term, and I think he's, he's a part of an agricultural committee, which is fine. But it's for California and the Central Valley, but it's it's still right. But he's a he's one vote on a committee that he's one vote on a committee. Right. So it, it well, you got to have a token ag guy on there, right? <laughs> on an agriculture committee. Why would you do that? He's too close <laughs> to the problem. Right. He he he's he's so close to it that he's tunnel vision. He can only see in those terms. He can't see the big picture. Yeah. So you need somebody that's more big picture, less actual agriculture on the ag committee, because that guy or gal can then see a broader spectrum of things and and won't be so focused on just what agriculture needs. See, you're, yeah. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know what to do because the people we're sending are useless. You send them to Congress, they get house trained, they become insiders, yeah. they become millionaires, they become insider traders. Well, and the staffers all are all there, and they're rehired, and right. they're, they're just recycled. They, they need, yeah, they recycle them, yeah. so, so the machine stays the same. Yeah, it's uh, short of burning the thing down. I, of course, that makes me a terrorist. They're going to drone me. Yeah. No, I'm not making great. that up. There are people actually calling for American citizens inside the United States to be droned to death because that's what we did to Anwar Alawaki. That's because, the media. That's actually yeah. That's it's like MSNBC. <laughs> Love that. Shouldn't we be droning these people for, for not subscribing to our policies? Well, okay, great. Uh, I don't, anyway, I don't know. I, I, I'm struggling with this because I'm, I'm convinced that the Republic as a Republic is, is dead. I would agree. Which means that it's going to be replaced with something. And what that something is, well, I'm not going to be here that much longer. I keep reading. It's the biggest mistake I made. I keep reading obituaries. Oh, why? I, I don't know. They keep sending them to me. They keep sending. No, I'm serious. The submarine veterans, they, they keep sending oh, me these obituaries oh. for these guys. That, I'm like, please stop. I'm depressed enough already as it hey, is. Where, where's the unsubscribe button? Yeah, well, I see I'm the base commander, so I don't get one of those because I have uh, to send them out to everybody else in case somebody else knew them. And anyway, stop sending me this. Anyway, point being that it's not, it's not going to really affect me that much, but someday my son is going to look at this and go, is this how this is supposed to work? Or will he yeah. just simply adapt to it and it'll be the norm to him? And I don't know. I I, I saw a thing this morning that reminded me of something. I knew this, but but it reminded me. When we see pictures of George Washington and James Madison and, you know, Patrick Henry and, and, and Sam Adams and those guys, we, we always see them as aged statesmen. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? We see them in their presence. When they started the American Revolution, they were in their 20s. They were very yeah. young. And... They changed the world. And I'm I'm sitting here close to 60 now thinking to myself, I don't have anything left in the tank. I really don't. Mm -hmm. So where's this going to end up? 
we don't have a republic anymore. We, you could argue that we haven't had one since 1865, but we certainly don't have one now. No. When you have literally the corruption of Rome and combined with the disinterest of the citizenry who are really only interested in bread and circuses. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my $2,000 check, Joe? I, I don't know how you recover from that. I really don't. I, I, no. I could turn off the TV and ignore it. I could, you know, fade back into my books and my histories and just, you know, pretend that, you know, for the next uh, however long I have left, pretend that I don't care. It does seem like it's getting more authoritarian. It's, you know, even on both sides heading into that last election, it just seemed like it was right. getting more authoritarian. And believe it, it as seems... we believe or else. I'm sorry, what? Believe as we believe or else. We yeah, will that's punish pretty much it. it tribalist there's no more acceptance of the idea that somebody disagrees with me it's it's either you agree with me or you're a terrorist deserving of being droned to death like we did Alamar Alawaki because he was he was inciting violence now well, the military in some ways hasn't social media kind of uh, yes. led into that yes and now the because military Right, the military is standing down for 60 days to quote expunge extremist attitudes what yeah i mean what are these there's no definition of what these extremist attitudes are well you have a papito the frog t-shirt that makes you a terrorist you got to get out of the military well what if that what about guy's, the guy wearing che over there no that guy's fine <laughs> but, the, but yeah. you know but what if that guy's a you know 10-year veteran who's you know highly trained and we're going to get rid of him because we don't like we, we don't like that he has a we don't like that he voted Republican. I, I just, I'm deeply concerned about this, where this is going to end up. And I said this the other day, I've had a, a long belief that the military supports and defends the Constitution of the United States. I don't necessarily have that belief anymore. Uh -uh. And that concerns me. Of course, that makes me a terrorist. That's why I keep my windows closed so the drones can't see yeah. me. <laughs> so drones can't see you. I keep waiting for the Hellfire missile to come crashing through my front door. Up the stairs to my office, knock on the door. Oh, you'll be canceled long before that, Dave. They'll, they'll kick you off of YouTube and all that other stuff. It's probably true, but, you know, at that point, then I just save it on my hard drive. <laughs> I mean, after all, we did have the COVID warning up on our, on our page for a while. That's true. That's true. <laughs> then we changed the name, and then now they don't know what to do. Are these people still griping about COVID or not? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I know this. Never put super glue in your hair. No. No, that's not a good idea. So everybody that's had kids has had kids put stuff in their hair, right? And you, oh, yeah. Even Ben has done this. And Ben learned early on not to do that because my solution to that is just shave his head. That's exactly right. That's, that's what you do. So. I guess there's some woman in New York somewhere who decided that she wanted her hair to stay solid. Well, she ran out of hairspray or whatever it was. Right. And so she she thought she'd use... Spray Gorilla Glue. Yeah. <laughs> and it made her hair stand stay the way she wanted it. But the problem is she can't get rid of it. After about 30 days of, of even trying to wash it and right. to get it out she can't she she can't even shave it and it's getting tighter on her head which is causing headaches 
So she was going to go to the ER, but then Gorilla Glue stepped in. Gorilla Glue, the company that makes the stuff that she put on her hair, which says specifically, uh, don't do that. It's it's not a it's not made for your hair. Um, they sent her a, they sent her a message saying, um, try rubbing alcohol, saturate it, and comb it out gently in shampoo. But if they also added that if it's been stuck for a month, it's likely fractured at the root, meaning. Her hair is gone. Yeah. Uh, We can certainly hope for the best. Who the hell does this? Two words, Dave. Two words. Natural selection. Mm. I was thinking (laughs) prototypical SoundCloud rapper, but, you know, same same idea. I mean, people do stupid shit. And it's like, sorry, did I say a bad word? You did. See, I'm not supposed to. We'll fix it in post. Will we? Let me write this down. (laughs) So I always say that. I'll fix that in post-production, and then I never do. Do you know why I don't? You're just lazy? Well, there is that, but... <laughs> the, the main reason I don't is because I want the show to sound live. Yeah. And, and if you start you post-productioning yeah. things out, then, then it gets complicated because, see, Rod's on one track, and I'm on another track, and despite what happened two weeks ago, which I still don't understand. No. I, for the life of me, I have no clue. All of the markers that we use that mark the synchronization of the two tracks are there. So I have no idea what happened two weeks ago with the the, the show about the thin yeah, lips. The sync I, was the sync was definitely off, but but, but only don't. in the second half of the show, yeah. right? Up until the first half was great, and then all of a sudden it just went, and I don't know why. I have no clue why. It doesn't make any sense to me. I can't find any reason for it to be off sync like that. At any rate, um, I like the show to sound live. I like to sound real. I'm not one of these big post-production guys. Where if I wanted to do a produced show where you know you have music and scoring, and we sit here and read to you our scripts about what's going to happen next on the show, sure, I could do that. But yeah. I don't think that's what you want, the listeners. Talk about our sponsors. <laughs> Brought to you by coffee. Coffee, mmm, good. Yeah. It will wake you up. And get your day sparked. I mean, sure. Nom, nom, nom. (laughs) Order ahead on the app. Yeah, we could do that. But but, I don't want to. I mean, no, I do want sponsors. You want to send us some money? (laughs) Have out. Or or coffee. Or coffee, either (laughs) one. Uh, Dave at, uh, no, DNR at the DaveBowmanShow.com. It's still our email address because I haven't bothered to change it yet. I should, but... um, At any rate, you could send us uh, you can send us whatever. We're, we're, we're happy with that. And we'll take it. Here's the other little thing. If you want to send us like little video clips and stuff, you could do that too. And we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll insert them in the show. You want to be a part of the show, we'd, we'd love to. And we're actually set up for now because of the way we've changed how we're doing things a little bit. We're actually set up now for guests. But if yeah. you want to be a guest on this show, there are two requirements. One, you have to have headphones and you have to have a microphone. If you don't have yeah. those two things, and you can get one of those little Windows microphones that you plug into your computer for what ten bucks, yeah. But you can't just talk to your to your webcam microphone because those suck. <laughs> and you got to have headphones so you can hear us. Because if you don't have headphones, what ends up happening is you get a bunch of reefer back on the show. You get a bunch of like that coming back through yeah. because it's feeding back through. You get feedback, so you can't do that either. But otherwise. Give us a reason to have you on the show, and we'll have you on the show. DNR at the Dave Bowman show.com. And yeah. you can ask us the question, what the frock? That's exactly right. And we'll have fun with it. 
I'm Rabbi Dave the Goliard. And I am Goliard, Friar Cook. And this has been... What the frock?